The epistle for this third Sunday of Lent is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Brethren, be you followers of God as most dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has delivered himself for us an oblation and sacrifice and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not so much as be named among you as become saints, nor obscenity, nor foolish talking, nor scurrility, which is to no purpose, rather giving of thanks. For know you this, and understand, that no fornicator, nor unclean, nor covetous person, which is a serving of idols, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God, let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the anger of God upon the children of unbelief. Be you not therefore partakers with them, for you were heretofore darkness, but now light in the Lord. Walk then as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is in all goodness and justice and truth. Please stand for the gospel. The Gospel is taken from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. At that time, Jesus was casting out a devil, and the same was dumb. And when he had cast out the devil, the dumb spoke, and the multitudes were in admiration at it. But some of them said, He cast out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And others, tempting, asked for him a sign from heaven. But he, seeing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself shall be brought to desolation, and house upon house shall fall. And if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that through Beelzebub I cast out devils. Now if I cast out devils by Beelzebub, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I, by the finger of God, cast upon you, When a strong man armed keeps his court, those things which he possesses are in peace. But if a stronger than he come upon him and overcome him, he will take away all his armor wherein he trusted and will distribute his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scatters. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through places without water, seeking rest. And not finding, he says, I will return into my house whence I came out. And when he has come, he finds it swept and garnished. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And entering in, they dwell there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. And it came to pass, as he spoke these things, a certain woman from the crowd, lifting up her voice, said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore thee, and the paps that gave thee suck. But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, today our Lord tells you something about your great enemy, the devil. He is the enemy of the, the human race, an angelic power who hates God and yet is not able to destroy God. So the devil, in his hatred, tries to do the next best thing, and that is to destroy God's work. He can't kill God, 
And so he wants to instead mess up what God does. And of all the things that he can destroy, the most precious thing in his eyes to destroy is a human soul. And that is why he is so desperate to make it happen that humans lose their souls. He wants you to lose your soul. He hates you. He wants to ruin your very human existence, cause it to come to total catastrophe by spending an eternity in hell. How does he go about it? What are the characteristics of this warfare of the devil against our souls? The first characteristic that we must understand about the devil is that he operates from a mode of complete and total hatred. This is unlike human beings. There may be wicked people out there who are doing bad things, but no matter how wicked they are, we can still hold out hope. Perhaps one day they might change their dispositions. Perhaps we might be able to get them from their good side. We always think that there's still a good side, no matter how wicked they are. There's always some good left that we can have recourse to, perhaps change them and bring them over to the good. But this is not the case with the devil. There is no good side to the devil. He is absolutely and utterly, irrevocably committed to a path of wickedness, total opposition to God, and therefore total opposition to the good. And so there's no playing nice with the devil. We must understand that we must not give the devil any quarter. There's no way he's going to come around, ever come around. The only thing to face off against the hatred of the devil is hatred. You must hate him, the one creature of God that you are required to hate is the devil. You do not hate your fellow human beings, but you must hate the devil. Secondly, as our Lord indicates in today's gospel, the devil operates with relentless perseverance. St. Peter compares him to a roaring lion who goes about, he wanders about, he's continually restless, seeking whom he may devour. And he's not like us, where whenever we set a goal for ourselves and it's difficult, we try and we fail, and we become weary, and we become despairing, we become discouraged, and over time, we give up. The devil is not like that. He does not give up. He's relentless. He never stops. He doesn't go on smoke breaks. He doesn't go on coffee breaks. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't tire. He's always, always, until the day you die, going to be seeking to cause the ruin of your soul. Even if you seem to be a formidable opponent that he's not be able, going to be able to capture, he's still going to try. He's always going to try until your soul is in heaven. As a result, if we understand this, it's so important that we be constantly vigilant. 
that we not be under this impression that we can relax. And somehow we reach the point where we don't have to worry anymore about the temptations of the devil, that we're secure, that we're traditional Catholics, go to Mass on Sunday, we say our morning and night prayers and our daily rosary, or maybe we don't say them as frequently as we should, and we're secure, and the devil will not get us. No, he will get you. He will get you unless you are vigilant. And this is why our Lord so frequently gives us parables and comparisons about the necessity to be vigilant all the time. The third characteristic of the devil in his pursuit of the death of our souls is that he works with angelic cunning. He's so much smarter than we are because he has an angelic intelligence. He does not learn from created things, but he has infused ideas that makes his mind so much superior to ours. He's so much more clever than we are. He understands human psychology better than we do. And he looks for our weak points. And he finds our weak points. If it's impurity, if it's anger, if it's envy or jealousy, whatever it is, he's going to find it. And that's where he's going to poke you. That's where he's going to attack you and keep attacking, keep attacking. You're not going to be able to outsmart him. You must not think, I can outsmart the devil, I can trick the devil. You must not play around with the devil. We don't play around with the devil. We don't get out Ouija boards, for instance, try to summon some spirits, see what the devil has to say about a given question. We don't do seances, or read tarot cards, horoscopes. We don't go to these charismatic meetings where we may doubt whether the manifestations there are from, from God or from the devil, whether they're speaking in tongues or these strange manifestations. You don't play around with the devil. You will never get a good deal from the devil. He will always trick you because he's smarter than you. So what do we do? What, what must we do to, to face off against this formidable enemy we must not lose. If we lose this battle against him, we've lost everything. And yet, the contest is so uneven. He's so much superior to us in this battle. We are like a naked baby toddling out to a battlefield trying to take out an army when it comes to fighting against the devil with his angelic intellect and his superpowers. This is what St. Paul says to us in that famous passage from Ephesians. Our wrestling, he says, is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the world of this darkness, against the spirits of wickedness in high places. How are we going to match such a fearsome enemy. It should be very clear that we're going to have to 
call for help. We're going to have to get help if we expect to, to be able to defeat him. We need the help of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we do not have his help, there's absolutely no way we're going to be able to defeat the devil. This is the whole problem with the Pharisees in today's gospel. They don't want the help of our Lord. What's going on? They have God himself standing in front of them. What has God just done? Our Lord does three miracles in one, says the Venerable Bede in today's office. This man cannot speak. This man, says St. Matthew, cannot see. And this man is possessed by a devil. And our Lord heals him from all three of those afflictions. He drives out the devil. He gives the man sight, and he enables him to speak. And when our Lord does this, because the Pharisees, because they hate him so much, they are like the devil, they hate him so much. Not only do they refuse to recognize that this is the power of God working, but they accuse him of casting out devils by the devil. They accuse our Lord of being an instrument of the devil and casting out devils and performing this good work. Their perversion has gone so far. And our Lord issues a warning to them that if they do not accept his assistance, if they do not want his assistance, then there's no way that they are going to be able to stop the devil. If you have someone who's a strong man and he's guarding your house, you've hired a bodyguard, you've hired, you've hired a security guard, for your house. Well, that's great, and you feel secure. But there's a lot of strong guys out there. And there might be somebody stronger than the guy that you hired to guard your house. And if he comes along, it's over. You're finished. He's going to overpower your bodyguard, and he's going to take everything that you have. And what about the devil? Is there anybody who's strong enough to face the devil? who's going to be powerful enough to defeat the devil. No, nobody. Definitely not the Pharisees. And so if they reject the, the assistance of our Lord, who is the only one who is definitively able to defeat the devil in every circumstance, always stronger than the devil, then the devil will take them out. This is why our Lord says, he who is not with me, is against me. If you do not accept my help, if you do not come to me for assistance, if you do not serve me, then the devil will defeat you. There's only two choices here. Either you're with God and you're an instrument for the good, you gather with our Lord, or you reject our Lord and the devil has power over you. There is no third option. And this is exactly what happened to the Pharisees, these hypocritical men who thought they were so holy, but they rejected innocence itself. And as a result, they were instruments for the worst thing the devil has ever done. He used the Pharisees to crucify innocence itself, to put God to death on a cross. That's what happened to the Pharisees after they rejected the assistance of our Lord. Meanwhile, as they say, as our Lord says, if you seek to serve God, submit yourself to our Lord 
then you gather with our Lord. You become a very powerful instrument of God. And there's this beautiful example from one of the saints of, of this happening, of a saint just completely submitting himself to God and becoming a very, very powerful instrument for the good and against the devil. And this is St. John Marie Vianney. You might know that, that he did battle with the devil for 35 years. It was early on in his priesthood. He was already doing so much good, the devil started visiting him at night. He was not a very impressive figure. He was short. He didn't eat very much. He was very skinny. He hardly slept. He hardly ate. He spent hours upon hours in the confessional. At one point in his priesthood, he started spending 16 hours a day in the confessional, hearing all these confessions converting so many souls. And the devil was absolutely furious. And you know that he said to St. John Vianney at one point, if there were three more like you, I would be finished. My kingdom would be over. So the devil was very upset. He was like a wild animal. And he started doing really goofy things to, to try to shake up St. John Marie Vianney. He would come at night and try to deprive him of the little sleep that he was already taking. He would make noises above his bed, like there was a flock of sheep just like right above him. You know, they're buying there, tons of sheep buying above, above his bed. He would get knocks on his door, and he would open the door, and there would be nobody there. And there would be sounds of, of the furniture crashing around, and he would wake up and look around, and nothing had moved of all his furniture. One night there was like a horse in, in his room. It was just, it was neighing, it was like stamping his feet on his floor, on his bedroom floor. Or there was a sound of an army marching or, or the sawing of wood going on in his room. When these things first started, he asked some of the men of the parish to, to come and, and help him guard his house. And after a few nights, they, they asked him if, if they could please go home because it was, it was pretty scary. It was very scary. But St. John Vianney, when he realized that it was the devil, he said, sure, you can, you can go home, no problem. Because he had so much confidence in the power of, of God. If it was just, as it were, the devil, he would be able to face off against him. After many years of battling, doing battle against the devil, one day in, in his, his catechism, he said the following, The demon is very cunning, but he is not strong. A sign of the cross soon puts him to flight. A few days ago, he made a rough uproar like the driving of all the carriages in Lyon over my head. Only last night, troops of demons were shaking my door. Their speech was like an army of Austrians. I did not understand a word of their jargon. I made the sign of the cross, and they departed. The devil has absolutely no power over those who are faithful to God, those who lean on God on a regular basis. And so, my dear faithful, if we also fortify ourselves, 
with the strength of God through our Catholic practices on a regular basis. And the devil will not be able to touch us. We won't have to worry about the devil. We must make use of these great means, these beautiful means that we have as Catholics. Uh, in our religious practices, our daily prayers and our rosary, they are very important. You must keep up your spiritual activities. If you're going to be able to face off against the devil, there's no way you will have the strength otherwise. To use your sacramentals, your medals, your, your scapular, holy water, these holy things, and holy images that we keep in our homes to ward off the devil. And then our, our Lenten mortification. It's one of the reasons why this is the gospel during a Sunday in Lent. You remember that time when uh, our Lord was talking to the apostles, and the apostles were saying, Lord, we tried to die, drive the devil out of this, this man here, and it didn't work. What, what did we do that was wrong? And our Lord said, this one is driven out only by prayer and by fasting. Prayer is that part where we ask the help of God. We say, Lord, help us. I'm, I'm outmatched by this demonic spirit. Fasting is our part where we chastise our flesh. We make ourselves more spiritual, more able to, to face off against the devil. This is why our Lenten practices are so important. And then lastly, we, we must foster our devotion to Our Lady and St. Joseph. Who is able to defeat the devil among human beings? It's not us. It's not us. God has not assigned you to face off against the devil. You do not have that strength. But he has assigned Our Lady. He has chosen her to be the special enemy of the devil, the one who would crush his head most appropriately, the most humble maiden crushes the greatest pride that has ever existed. And so with your devotion to Our Lady, you will be able to defeat the devil. And then St. Joseph, as you know, in his litany, he is called the terror of demons. Um, this, this praise that our Lord gives to Our Lady today in the gospel, where, where he says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is exactly what Our Lady did, and this is exactly what St. Joseph did. Four times in the Gospels you read about an angel appearing to St. Joseph in, in a dream and telling him to do something. And just right away, immediately, he gets up from sleep and he accomplishes the will of God without complaining, without hesitating. And this is why he is the terror of demons. They can't get at him because he's so prompt to fulfill the will of God. So my dear faithful, the devil is definitely a terrible enemy. It's a reality that we have to fight against him in this life. But we have these great means. We have our Lord Jesus Christ on our side, our lady, St. Joseph, on our side. And there's nothing the devil can do against us if we are faithful to them. Let us really attempt to carry on this combat through the whole of our life, but especially during this Lenten time with all our practices of mortification. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.